children, you've written some really great things on here. It's fantastic about what Christmas is. Jesus is love all year round, someone's put. God, you're so good to me. Celebrating promises. Uh, um, what else? All sorts of stuff. Christmas, Jesus' birthday. Um, lots of amazing pictures of angels and wise men and shepherds and all sorts. Fantastic. Hey, and if I get a little bit boring this morning, you can always go back and just kind of write something else on there that's wonderful, so don't worry. Parents, you just have to listen. No, you can't, Andy Colcliffe. No, you can't. Okay, because all of our children are in this morning, I want to play a game, because in children's work, we often play games, because we like to have fun. Are you up for playing a game? Fantastic, excellent. Right. Who knows? And I think this is, this is certainly my favourite game. Hey, Liam. Brilliant, thank you. This is certainly one of my favourite games in children's work, and it's called the Laces Game. Who knows the Laces Game? Excellent. I need two willing volunteers to play the Laces Game. Sorry, Anne-Marie. We need to need children for this one. OK, we'll have uh, a boy and a girl, perhaps. Do you want to go? Janet, isn't it? Yeah, OK. And, uh, oh, come on then, Theo, come on, yeah. Brilliant, right, okay. Stand here, I'll get your laces. Okay, so you know how it works. It's basically the first one, uh, uh, don't get too much in there, Theo. There you go, you know how it works, don't you? It's the first one to get all the lace in without using their hands. Hands behind your back. And three, two, one, go! Come on, let's cheer them on! Theo, 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 Janet, 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 Theo, Janet, Theo. Go! Oh, well done! Oh, never mind. Keep going. You can keep going. Well done. Well done. Excellent. Shall we play it again? Perhaps we should play it with an adult this time. Okay. Do you want to play? Fab, okay. Let's get your... Okay. Oh. Hang on. Uh, Gavin, you played so well. Gavin, you prayed so well for the young people. Would you come and play? Gavin, thank you. Thank you, right. You know the rules, not too far in. Okay, Gavin, here's yours. Are you ready to cheer them on? Okay, three, two, one, go! Gavin, Gavin, yeah. Keep going, keep going, keep going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going, yes. Keep going. You have to slow down, mate, because you have to let the child win. Keep going, keep going. Keep going, come on. Shall I hold it back? Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Come on, keep going, keep going. Come on, Gavin, come on. Go for it, go for it, go for it. Yes, well done, well done. Excellent, well done. What, is everything okay? I think you've poisoned me. What? Is that spicy? Oh, yes. Yeah, that was the... Oh, yes. That was the one I rubbed in chilies this morning. Oh. Yeah, sorry. So, thank you, Gav, thank you. Some, sometimes, sometimes just things are not what you expect, are they? 
And that's really the theme of this morning, not what you expect. So we're going to hear a passage from the Bible, a little bit of the account of Jesus' birth, and I've got some friends who are going to read it for me. Have we got a microphone? Super. Can I have my friends who are going to read it for me this morning? Excellent. You can come and have a seat down here, sit or stand, whichever you prefer. And where's Sarah? Oh, here she comes. Excellent. But you have to shout it nice and loud, okay? And uh, halfway through, a video is going to come on as well, and we're going to just kind of see some of this as well, uh, so it'll help us to get it in our minds for this morning. Okay, so Sarah, you're first, aren't you? Nice and loud. At that time, Augustus Caesar sent an order that all people in the countries under Roman rule must list their names in a register. This was the first registration. It was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria and all went to their own towns to be registered. So Joseph left Nazareth, a town in Galilee, and went to the town of Bethlehem in Judea. Known as the town of David, Joseph went there because he was from the family of David. Joseph registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was now pregnant. While they were in Bethlehem, and the time came for Mary to have the baby, and she gave birth to her son because there were there were no rooms left in the inn. She wrapped the baby with pieces of cloth and laid him in a feeding trough. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Careful. That night, some that night some shepherds were in, a f in the fields nearby watching their sheep. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them. The glory of the Lord was shining round them and they became very frightened. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I am bringing you good news that will be a great joy to all the people. Today your saviour was born in the town of David. He is Christ the Lord. This is how you will know him. You will find a baby wrapped in pieces of cloth and lying in a feeding box. Then a very large group of angels from heaven joined the first angel, praising God and saying, Give glory to God in heaven, and on earth let there be peace among the people who please God. Excellent. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you, Joel. Well done. Catherine. When the angels left them and went back to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So the shepherds went quickly and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in a feeding trough. When they had seen him, they told what the angels had said about this child. Everyone was amazed at what, amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured these things and continued to think about them. Then the shepherds went back to their sheep, praising God and thanking him for everything they had seen and heard. It had been just as the angels had told them. Brilliant. Thank you, guys. Excellent. Well read. Brilliant. <laughs> okay, so there we go. See, I'm sure there are many things that you are expecting this Christmas. Perhaps you are expecting to see Great Aunt Edna, who you only ever see once a year at Christmas on Christmas Day. Perhaps you are expecting to eat your own body weight in chocolate. 
or perhaps to eat too many mince pies over this Christmas period. Or perhaps you are expecting certain things off your Christmas list this year. Well really, the Christmas story is a story of unexpected things. And we're going to look at some of them this morning. But just before we do, whilst we call it a story, do you know what? It's not a normal story as we might think of stories. It's not like a made-up one. It's not like a Disney one that you might watch this month. Actually, uh, someone in the Bible, uh, someone who wrote um, a book of the Bible, a guy called Luke, not our Luke here, but another Luke, uh, he wrote, he said that he was writing the account of the birth of Jesus, included in his account of Jesus, and he says that he's writing it and he's investigated all the reports about Jesus and he wants to write something so that people know what they're reading is actually true and happened and affects their lives. He's not writing it as a made-up story. So, let's have a look at some of those unexpected things. Are you ready, kids, to be doing this? Yeah? Are you up for looking at some unexpected things? Adults, are you up for looking at some unexpected things? Good. Imagine you were God and you wanted to introduce yourself to the world in a new and amazing way. Now, how would you do this? Would you perhaps write it in the sky? Then everyone would see. Everyone from miles around would be able to see, oh, God is there. Would that work? Would you try that, kids? No? Okay, well, how about putting it on telly? Going on TV, everyone would see, maybe six o'clock on a Saturday night, and everyone would see, and you'd be able to introduce yourself to the whole world. Well, actually, they didn't have tellies 2,000 years ago anyway, so that wouldn't have happened. But hey, wouldn't that now really work nowadays? Or maybe you would do it through the most important person to everyone so that everyone would stop and listen. This is Caesar Augustus, and he was in charge of most of the known world at the time of Jesus, doing his magazine catalogue pose. He's an important, powerful man. Do it through him, because everyone has to stop and listen when he talks. But no. God does it by coming as a baby. As a baby. How weird. Do you know, given the size of the whole world, given the size of the whole universe, a baby's a pretty small thing, isn't it? It is. But get this, in coming as a baby, the God of the universe was choosing to come alongside us, was choosing to come alongside you and me. He was choosing to live a human life. See, there's a word that's often used at Christmas, and it's the word Emmanuel. Can you say Emmanuel with me? Emmanuel. 
Oh, that wasn't very good, children. Come on, try it again. Can you say Emmanuel? Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? Does anyone know what Emmanuel means? Go on, Annette. What? God and Jesus. Close. Close. You've got the start a bit, Harry. God with us. Yes, Emmanuel. Well done. Emmanuel. God with us. See, lots of people see God as kind of this far off, distant uh, concept, even. He's not interested in me. He's not interested in you, but, but actually in Jesus, God comes near. He identifies with us. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Okay, have I still got your attention, children? Excellent. So, who would you choose to be the mother of this baby? Perhaps someone very powerful. Do we know who this is? What's that name? Did you have a guess? No? Any ideas? Oh, come on, Lonnie. Princess Kate. Yeah, yeah, it is Princess Kate, you're right, Alonia. Yes, it is Princess Catherine. Maybe one day she'll be queen. Hey, she is a powerful woman. She is super powerful. Choose her. Choose someone like that to be the mother of this baby. Or how about someone super rich? Do we know who that is, Raj? <laughs> Isabel. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, yes. Is she is she super celebrity rich wonderful and everything sparkly? Yes. Taylor Swift. Choose someone like that to be the mother of this baby. Well they didn't really have pop star celebrities in those days, but hey, you know what I mean. But God God chooses a poor, unmarried, teenage girl, doesn't he? He chooses Mary. That's right, Mary and Jesus, yeah. See, Jesus isn't born to a super rich, super powerful woman. He's not even born to a woman who has experience of children. I can imagine Mary and Joseph being new parents, kind of having one of those moments in the first few days, maybe even the first few hours of, what do we do? What do we do? But no. God often chooses the unlikely ones. Kids, you might be feeling a bit like an unlikely one right now. Why would God... Why would God be interested in me? I'm still at school. I'm just a kid. Maybe my parents, maybe. But God wouldn't be interested in me. No, no, listen. God loves you and he wants to be the centre of your lives. The reality is that's true for all of us. All of us sometimes feel unlikely ones, don't we? But God's interested in you and me. 
He passionately wants to know you and me. He doesn't just choose the people who've got it all together. He chooses those who he wants, who he loves, and who he chooses to use in his plans. People like you and me. So, kids, who would you have as the first visitors to this baby? Maybe you would have had King Herod. Hey, he was pretty important and he's got a great beard. I would have him. Surely, he would have quite liked to have visited Jesus, I think, but maybe for different reasons. But hey, would you have someone important like him being one of the first visitors? Yeah? No, says Harry. Maybe you would have um, a reporter from the local newspaper getting the Bethlehem Gazette, maybe. Son of God, born today. I don't know if they had news reporters in those days. But you'd want someone who would spread the news like that. Get a bit of a profile. But no, God chooses some shepherds to be the first visitors. Should we dress someone up as a shepherd? We cannot have a Christmas meeting without dressing someone up, can we? Who would like to be a shepherd? Stu! <laughs> I'm not sure this is going to fit Stu. Issei, did you play a game? You didn't play a game, did you? No, you didn't play a game, did you? Okay, let's see if we can dress you up as a shepherd. There we go. There we go. You say you can be our shepherd. Fab, well done. Brilliant. Excellent. Excellent. You've put on a few pounds since you were last a shepherd, but that's okay. You look great. Wonderful, thank you. You're a brilliant shepherd, I see. See, shepherds weren't the most popular guys. They were a bit smelly. Well, you're not too smelly, actually, but they, they were. They, they probably weren't the cleverest. They definitely weren't the richest. But God chooses them to be some of the first visitors to this Jesus, this baby. And as shepherds, they leave glorifying and praising God, like we heard from our reading. They're excited, they're full of joy. See, that's what happens when you meet Jesus. They experience joy. See, people sometimes think that actually anything to do with God is a little bit solemn and a little bit boring. That's not true. Do you know, as we encounter Jesus, we experience joy inexpressible joy, amazing, amazing joy. Knowing Jesus is the most joy-filled thing we can do and know and experience. And do you know, people 2,000 years later are still meeting Jesus, are still becoming friends with Jesus. And I know that's true for some of you, and that's wonderful, and we're excited about that. You can have a seat down if you want, Essay. Thank you. We can keep in your role.
See? So what should this baby be clothed in? What should we clothe this baby in? Something fit for a king, perhaps? Maybe, Theo, what would you clothe him in? Baby grows. Okay, yeah, that, uh, yeah. That, that would work, wouldn't it? Yeah, something nice. I mean, some of those ones with nice, pretty um, pictures on. Yeah, something like that. Maybe blue for a boy. Maybe something like that, yeah? Um, or maybe something purple. Purple is a royal colour, so perhaps that would work well. Or just maybe something nice. But actually, what we're told is that Mary wraps Jesus in cloths and pops him in a manger. Who's going to be my Mary? Will someone be... <laughs> Harry, you can't. You, you've played a game. Uh, Abigail, come on then. You, you come and just... You, you need to... It says Mary wraps him in a cloth. Can you wrap up Jesus? And she puts him in a feeding trough, in a manger. Maybe a bit like my makeshift one here. I hope you can see that. Excellent. Thank you, uh, Abigail. Mary. Do you know what a manger was for? Does anyone know what a manger was for? Harry. Animal food. Yes. Yeah, it was a feeding thing, maybe made of wood, maybe made of stone, but it was there to feed the animals. See, cloths and a feeding trough being laid in, in, in a simple manger would really kind of mark out Jesus' life. There's a kind of humility that would mark him out. He would often wind up religious people. He wasn't interested in being the most important person. Actually, he preferred to serve others. He preferred to care for others. He preferred to look after others around him and think about them. So, there you go. It's the type of arrival of a baby that was quite unexpected to many. But that's how this is, this is how Jesus' life would be full of things that weren't expected. Who said miracles when we were praying about Jesus? Was you, yeah. yeah. Things like feeding 5,000 people with a few fish and loaves. Things like healing people from their sicknesses. Things like saying that he was the king of heaven and earth. And actually coming with a message of hope. Hope. Why? Well, actually, he knew your problem and my problem, our biggest problem. And it was this. Jesus was perfect, wasn't he, children? Yeah. But do you know what? I'm not. And the reality is, neither are you. We know that we do things wrong, and we say things wrong, and we think things wrong. Imagine, for a minute, this box. Imagine this box contains all the things that you and I 
have done wrong, perhaps thought wrong, wrong things we've said, selfishness, hurting others, trying to live without God. Now the Bible calls these things sin and they cut us off from God. And actually Jesus knew that in ourselves there was nothing we could do to sort out this box and what it contains. Nothing. But Jesus provides a way. Jesus provides a way. How can that be? Well actually, it's in his death. See, at the cross where Jesus died, it was really the moment that he was born for. Sounds strange, doesn't it? But again, it's just another unexpected thing. It's the event where he would be recognised king. But it wouldn't look like a normal time when someone would be recognised as king. It would be outside of a city, alongside a couple of criminals, on a cross. He died a cruel death. And do you know, once his mum wrapped him up in cloths and laid him in a manger, But when he died, he'd be wrapped in cloth and laid in a tomb. But did he stay dead? Kids, did Jesus stay dead in the tomb? No. No, three days later, his friends would find that tomb empty and the cloth would be neatly folded up and they would find him alive. He had beaten death. I need a helper here. Nathan, would you be my helper? Would you be my helper, Nathan? Come and help me. Would you just hold this box? Thank you. You just have to hold it and turn around so everyone can see you. Like that. Okay. See, on the cross, Jesus took the punishment of our mess-ups, our sin, and he exchanges it for the rewards of his perfect life. Here we go. Friendship with God. Peace. Perfect goodness. Joy. And like a Christmas present, it isn't something you earn. It's something he gives. And at the cross, he exchanged it with you and I. No, stay there, stay there. To take his perfect goodness, his peace, his joy. It's a free gift. Why? Because he loves us and because he wants to know us. And the truth of the whole Christmas story, kids, is that God came to earth to invite us back to him. To invite us to friendship through Jesus, who is alive today. But hey, do you know, this gift... It needs a response. It needs us to choose that gift. It's like a Christmas present. If I held this Christmas present to Nathan, he's got to take it. I've got a free gift for him. He needs to take it. Listen, will you choose to take that gift today? As I know many of you have. And adults, I'm talking to you as well. Will you choose to take that gift of new life, of joy, of peace, of friendship with God 
today. It involves saying sorry and handing over to Jesus all those things you've done wrong and picking up his goodness, his joy and his peace as a free gift. It's the gift of receiving Jesus. We're going to end in a minute. Thank you, Nathan. Sit down. But before we do, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before we do, I want to finish. Who likes Narnia? Who likes, the, who likes The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe? Who likes one of the films or reading the books, yeah? Has anyone seen them? Well, the man who wrote all those books said something really interesting. And I think your adults are like this as well. He said this. If you want to get warm, you must stand near the fire. Makes sense, doesn't it? If you want to be wet, you must get into the water. If you want joy, power, peace, eternal life, you must get close to, or even into, the thing that has them. Listen, my question to you this morning, my question to all of us is this morning, will you get close to Jesus this Christmas? That's what he holds out to you today. Friendship, new life, forgiveness, a fresh start with him. I'm going to pray. Children, you've been fantastic. You've drawn some excellent other things. You've been really, really great this morning. I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing a song. And uh, I think we'll take up our collection as well as we do that. Again, as we always say, if you're a visitor, we're not after your money. We're pleased you came. You're welcome to give, but please, if you want, just pass the bucket by. That's really not a problem. So let me pray for us all and then we're going to sing together. Is that okay, kids? Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for this time of year when we remember you coming as a baby what seemed like, seems like thousands of years ago, thousands of miles away, and yet impacts our lives of today. A saviour born to us. And so we remember it, we celebrate it, we thank you that you want to be friends with us and that in the Christmas message we remember that you invaded our worlds. You came to us in order to do the thing that we couldn't do. Thank you. We love you and we celebrate everything about you, who you are, what you've done and what you will do this time of year and all the way through the year. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.